This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell, and joining me today in the studio is the Toledo Symphony's principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, and we have two very special guests that would be Dr. Jason Stumbo, who is an associate professor of music and director of bands at the University of Toledo. And let me pull up a little drum roll here. We have a fantastic cellist, an alumna of Maumee Valley Country Day School, and I might add an alumnus of WGTE, also founder of the Toledo Symphony Youth Ensemble. And currently, you know, I'm going to have to bring this back in because I don't have it long enough. A student at Columbia University in the Junior School in New York from where she joins us by phone. Please welcome Loa Cho. How many drum rolls do we need for that? <laughs> <laughs> Are you there, Loa? Uh, hello. Thank you for the warm welcome. Yes. And did I mention Jason Stumbo's here also? Yeah, I did, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay. I don't I don't have I think lo, let me see if I have a sound effect for you, Jason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Love it. Just kidding. So uh today we're talking about this really it, it's such a great story, right? Uh it's something called the the Glass City Chamber Competition. Have I got that right or Chamber Music? How yeah, do you say it, Loa? Yes, okay. Music competition. Okay. And, and this is something that was precipitated by your having won the Young Musician Award from the Toledo Symphony back in June of 2020. Um, can you tell us, take us back, well, first of all, uh, I want you to take us back even further, right? Because you're, you're pretty young. You're still connected to, you know, the stories of your youth. So I want you to tell us your story. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your path to becoming a budding musician studying in New York right now, Columbia, as well as Juilliard, one of the top schools, two of the top schools really in the entire world. Um, so tell us your story. Let me get a little music for you here. Okay. Can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. A little Johann Sebastian Bach in the background. Do you play this piece? Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think even I play this piece, right? <laughs> Not necessarily on the cello, maybe on the uh, kazoo. Okay. Yeah. Take it away, Laura. Let's hear about you. Take us back to the beginning when you first fell in love with playing the cello. Um. One thing I knew for sure when I was four years old was I was not going to play the violin. So. <laughs> Merwin finds that extremely funny. Sorry, Merwin. Um, I did not like my one violin lesson, so I hopped to cello. Um, and I really didn't get any lessons when I was that young, but I just played like Barbie songs. <laughs> you 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 start on you took one lesson on the violin. You yeah. gave it one shot. And then you were like, this is too small for me. I have to get something bigger. And you went to the cello. Is that, is that basically what happened? Yep, definitely. Okay. Well, what uh, came next then? In second grade, I brought my cello to class without having any lessons before. And I really wanted to play something for my music class for whatever reason it was, my second grade reason. And um, then I went to the Black Swamp uh, Festival in... BG, because I, I am from BG, and we saw 
TSO musicians there, actually. And that is exactly how I started. I saw that they had the Toledo School, Toledo Symphony School of Music, TSSM, and I've known TSO people since I was seven. Wow. So now, who did you study with then? One of the yes. cellists at the symphony? Yes. Uh, Rene Gubo okay. was my first teacher. Okay. So when did you discover that you had this amazing talent at your instrument? I mean, did you always were you always so confident in your musicianship, or did that kind of come later? Oh, I think when I was seven or eight or even up to maybe ten or so, I wasn't really thinking about anything. <laughs> it was probably just... As most I, seven I or ten-year-olds, right? <laughs> I enjoyed the music, but I wasn't... Uh, yeah. I wasn't thinking about being good or anything. <laughs> well, what what would what led you to uh, wanting to pursue this as a career? As a career, um, I just feel like performance has something so special about it. It's like like all three forms of happiness for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just so many um, the work that it takes to get there, and then. Um, how you feel about the music, and then how the audience interacts with you. Those three things all together just make me um, so thankful that I get to be in this uh, in this field. That's wonderful. Well, Merwin, aside from Loa dumping the violin when she first started, <laughs> what, uh, what are your impressions of her? Have you known her coming up through the ranks, as it were, or? Uh, not since she was seven, but I, I feel like I've been aware of Loa for many, many years. And she's just, she's always been extraordinary. I think um, she's extremely thoughtful. And yeah. even what she just said about the three forms of happiness, I think is something that I haven't heard articulated quite that way. So I thought that was a really interesting yeah. way that, um, that she put it. And I feel sorry, Loa, I'm talking about you in a third person. <laughs> but, I have trouble finding the just one method of happiness or form of happiness. I mean, what what are the three Well, I brought Tim forms. Bits in. Isn't that one form <laughs> That's of one right there. It checks the box off right there, Tim Bits. But, but I think that um, one of the things mm -hmm. that, um, I've always been impressed with Loa is her sincerity and her thoughtfulness. So I guess those are two things, but violinists no. can't count, so it's okay. <laughs> That's okay. So Loa, let's let's take it up to um, the formation of this Glass City Chamber Music Competition. What was the impetus for that? How did it start, mm -hmm. and how did you get the idea to to create this competition? During high school, I I formed the Toledo Symphony Youth Ensemble with some of my friends. And actually, WZT invited us several times, and it, it was yeah. just the coolest thing for us as high schoolers to play at the radio station. And you guys uh, were great, if I remember correctly, <laughs> yeah. We worked very hard to prepare for that radio show and everything. Um, <sighs> we always wanted to enter uh, a competition. But we we really couldn't because um, just cramming four or five six of us in a car with a parent and with all the instruments it was just a lot to do and and then to on top of that to drive for eight to ten hours or so was just way too much so I thought if we had a chamber music event in this area that would be really good for the um, 
for like high schoolers and other um, anyone else who doesn't want to go through all that trouble, I guess. Yeah. You bring <laughs> and, the competition to you instead of going mm-hmm. to the competition. Exactly. Yeah. When I applied for the Toledo Symphony Young Musician Award in 2022, oh, no, I said that wrong. 2020. There we go. <laughs> in 2020, uh, I proposed the plan in um, my essay letter, and Toledo Symphony kindly agreed to take on this project with me. And that was 2020, so um, with COVID and everything, we've had a lot of time to think and plan for this. Yeah. Well, we should mention this is a substantial award, which came from the Stranahans, and they founded it back in 2003, and it's really afforded, I think, a wonderful opportunity that you're talking about for chamber musicians in this area to, to actually participate. We're going to talk more about this in a few minutes, and we're going to bring in uh, Dr. Jason Stumbo, who is from uh, University of Toledo, along with Toledo Symphony. They have stepped up and helped you out with uh, implementing this this chamber competition. But first, I do want to mention that we're in the middle of our radio fundraising drive. It is our spring fundraiser. We're going to take a few minutes uh, before we go to do our quiz for the day, which is a public media quiz, okay? So we'll do this quiz, and then we'll let them talk a little bit about the importance of raising money for public radio. So this is a public radio facts quiz. And let me pull up a little music for us. Yeah, that has nothing to do with public radio. We could not get the Bach music back in. (laughs) I feel like that that would. Yeah, no. Better answers there. No. Okay. When was NPR founded? Was it 1967? Was it 1970? Or was it 1976? And the way that we do this is you don't a- we don't answer it until the very end. Lo, I'm going to ask five questions, and then we'll come back. Okay, the second question is, what was the first NPR broadcast? Was it a one-on-one interview with former President Lyndon B. Johnson? Was it live coverage of U.S. Senate deliberations on the Vietnam War? Or was it a special feature on the release of the Pentagon Papers by the New York Times? Which one of those three was first by NPR, the very first broadcast? Okay, which came first? Which show came first? Was it Morning Edition? Was it All Things Considered? Or was it Thistle and Shamrock? I don't know if you know that show or not, but yeah, Thistle and Shamrock show which we carry here on WGTE. Okay, which of these shows was not produced or distributed by NPR? Was it Car Talk? Was it Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? Or was it A Prairie Home Companion? One of those three was not distributed or produced by NPR. And finally, what is the single largest source of financial support for public radio stations? Is it individual donations from listeners just like you? Or is it corporate sponsorship and advertising? Or is it your tax dollars at work? A, B, or C. So now we go back to the beginning. And just for Merwin's sake, I'll bring in a little... Little Bach. Okay. Now we have the answers. NPR was founded in 1970. The one in the middle. Did anybody get 1970? I did. Yeah, you got it. Merwin got it. Lo, are you playing back in New York? 
I did not get it. Oh, oh well, that's okay. <laughs> it, it was uh, the what? Wh- which date did you choose, Lola? Do you remember? Um, sixty-seven, seventy. Yeah, yeah, sixty-seven. <laughs> yeah, that, that's when the Corporation for Public Broadcasting was actually created. But they didn't create NPR until a few years later. In 1976 is the year that WGTE-FM went on the air here in Toledo. Okay, what was the first NPR broadcast? The answer is live coverage of U.S. Senate deliberations on the Vietnam War. That's what they were doing at the time. Anybody get that? Merwin got it? No, Jason. How about you, Loa? neither. You know, you're way too honest because you could just say, you say, yes, I got that one too. Yeah, I got that one. And we would never know. Which came first? Morning Edition, All Things Considered, or Thistle and Shamrock? The answer is All Things Considered. Ding, ding, ding. Came on two weeks after NPR first started broadcasting in May of 1971. Did you get that, Loa? Yay, finally won. Yay. <laughs> See, now is going to get them all because I g- <laughs> gave her the advice. <laughs> okay, two questions here. Uh, which of the shows was not produced or distributed by NPR? Well, it's not Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me because that's subtitled the NPR News Quiz, right? <laughs> and it's not Car Talk. It is a Prairie Home Companion that was distributed by American Public Media in Minnesota. Okay. Final question. What is the largest single source of financial support for public radio stations? The answer is A, individual donations from listeners just like you. Did you all get that? Yes. Yes. (laughs) How about you, Loa? I got that, too. And we are back. We're talking today with uh, Loic Cho, wonderful cellist and founder of the Glass City Chamber Music Competition, as well as Dr. Jason Stumbo and Merwin Sue from the Toledo Symphony. Jason Stumbo is here from University of Toledo, director of bands there, also an associate professor of music. And Jason, we we didn't really have an opportunity to talk with you much during the first segment, but you are a co-director of this competition. What was your uh, initial involvement? Who approached you, and, and how did this come about? Sure. Well, Loa uh, approached the Department of Music at UT uh, back in January uh, to see if we would be able to come in and further offer or offer further support and assistance in helping to make this happen. She'd already been working with the symphony, of course, um, and we were happy to do so. Uh, at the university, uh, in the department, we have a lot of things already in place templates, if you will, to um, uh, to move forward towards this project and make it happen quickly. Yeah. And we're happy to do so. I mean, it was a great idea and Loa's vision was so um, perfect and we just had to get on board and, and help make this happen. Yeah. Loa, did you have people in mind or did you have all of this, this planned out or did it sort of come to you as you went along on organizing this, this event? Hmm. Um. I would say it definitely just um, came to me as I went along. Um, there was I I just knew that I would need 
the help of an organization uh, in terms of just all the logistics, venue, and um, just organizing things, having practice rooms. Uh, um, it, it's been a big help to have both Papa and UT involved in this. Yeah, well, people don't think about all of those logistics necessarily up front. They think, oh, it's a competition. That's great. You all sit around and play, and you have judges, and mm-hmm. you know, you pass out the awards, and that's it. But there's a whole lot of, of planning that goes into this as well, right? Of course. (laughs) One of the things that I think has been really amazing is that Loa has gathered this kind of advisory team, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. And these people have all brought their experiences of being in competitions or things that worked really well or maybe were, you know, things that they could see as potential room for improvement from previous competition experiences that they had. And so you get to, you know, to have a competition almost being built, not from the top down, but from people who've just had these experiences, want to have more and then want to share them with others. I think, you know, like there's this kind of group wisdom that I think has helped shape this. So I think it's great that you have this competition, you know, it's by musicians, for musicians. And Loa, you've got some of your musician colleagues, you know, lined up to help out with the competition as well. I wonder if we want to do like a little roll call and you can tell us some of the other people that are involved with this uh, competition. Yes, I have four friends that are helping with this competition. Uh, ben Martz, Aaron Gardner, Cole Havikos, and Jose Martinez. Um, three of them did Toledo Symphony Youth Ensemble with me when we were in high school. And I wanted to create some kind of a link between the Toledo music scene now and the young musicians in uh, who are thriving in Toledo at the moment and then also Youth Symphony alums. So interns, they, we call them interns, are a very important part of this project. Loa, give um, us, the, uh, give us the, the logistics on wh- when the competition is happening and, and what people need to do if they're interested in finding out more information. Oh, sure. So the competition is on Saturday, May 14th, 2022, and the location, it will be at the University of Toledo. Um, Our application is open, so it it will be open until um, April 25th. Uh, We have a website, and it will lead you to the application page on UT's website. Uh, We have announcements announcement web pages on both TSO's website and UT, but we also do have our uh, our own site. It's just glasscitychambermusic.com. Is it .com or .org? I hesitated there because I am checking that right now. Yeah, I have .org. <laughs> I, yeah, I kept... Oh, okay. Then, yes, it is yeah. .org. Thank you. Okay. I was like, should it be .com? Should it be .org? And, like, right in that moment, yeah. Well, are you making money off of it? No. Then not. it's .org. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. This it, is not a legal broadcast. <laughs> Please yeah. do not use this as legal advice. <laughs> yes, that's right. I am not a lawyer. Have you decided, I mean, who picks like the, the judges for all of this and what is the criteria? I mean, does, is anybody allowed to participate in the competition or do you have like a screening process? How does that all work? 
Right. Um, we have two divisions, the high school division and the college division. Um, it's We call them junior and senior um, because it's just generally high school age and college age. Um, more rules stuff, you can look at our website. Please go to our website. And um, I should mention that the ensembles for this year... Um, so the ensembles may consist of three to six musicians and may not use one, more than one piano. Um, and this year we're only doing strings and piano as well. For oh, okay. So brass players need mm-hmm. not apply. Sorry. You have to tell all only those band, that's right. band people at UT. That's right. Oh, well. Um, we've personally invited three judges. Um and Merwin is one of them. Ah. <laughs> so if you want to win, you have to get cozy with Merwin. All right. I'll That's make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, well, I think one of the things that uh, when we were kind of discussing the parameters of the competition, and I think there's there's so many different ways something like this can go. And I think the vision that Loa has is so amazing. And I think it's, you know, wanting to be, really all-encompassing, but I think that, you know, to begin kind of focusing a little bit more particularly um, might may kind of serve it in good stead. And then a- afterwards, I know that the ideas of branching out into woodwind and brass instruments um, to vocal music, um, those are, those are extraordinary, there's great repertoire and there's so much so many opportunities for those people as well that it does yeah. add certain complications in terms of, you know, aging curves for, you know, what 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 constitutes a younger singer doesn't necessarily apply to uh, uh, kind of a string player's kind of experience oh, yeah. at, at a particular age. And so as opposed to wrestling with all of those issues with the very first competition, it was decided to kind of limit the instrumentation pool just to make it a little easier. Right. Yeah. In right, addition yeah. to, I mean, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a great idea that will definitely grow over time and, and anything like this, the first one needs to go off without a hitch. So making it simple <laughs> yeah. rather than too complicated, uh, was certainly the way to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jason, what was your, um, input into all of this? I mean, did Loa come to you and, and ask for your advice, first of all? I mean, how how was it presented to you, and how have you engaged with this competition? Well, I think that, uh, you know, for Loa, it, and Loa, please correct me if I'm wrong, I think that uh, something of this magnitude and scale and how it works was certainly new to her, and uh, as she was saying earlier, kind of figuring out as she went along. And beginning to realize that there are a whole lot of little pieces and details behind the scene that needed to be addressed. And that's uh, when we got brought in. Um, and our experience with just basic things like creating the um, a registration form, uh, uh, communications, uh, a marketing person that could dedicate some time on the side yeah. uh, to developing posters and developing promotional emails and all of that sort of thing. Again, we weren't really creating those from scratch. We had templates ready to go. Right. Um, and it just made sense. It was very easy for us to come in and, and serve that role. Well, you have experience administering competitions as well. Competitions, so, yeah. auditions, yeah, yeah, you name it. Speaking mm-hmm. of all that, let's hear a little bit of your story. We heard from Loa earlier about her journey to uh, being a cellist, and, and you are director of bands at UT, so mm-hmm. I've got some band music for uh, you. Okay. This is... Uh, 
All right. A little marching. <laughs> and this this Lovely. takes me back to high school, you know, when we when I played in the marching band, but I didn't actually play any of the instruments that they gave me because I was a bassoonist and I couldn't take my bassoon out right in the field. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think these guys would we win the competition. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, love I the mean, passion, though. You don't have to, <clears throat> you know, go into any detail, but you yeah. give us an idea of how you ended up uh, here in Toledo. Sure. So, just in brief, I'm from the South, Florida. I grew up in Tennessee. Um, went to school, University of Tennessee, twice. Taught there for a while. I went to Missouri for my doctorate, and at the end of my uh, uh, completing my doctorate and teaching at Mizzou for a little while, I was looking for jobs. And at that point, you're applying for anything and everything. Yeah. And lo and behold, University of Toledo pops up, one of many. I had to look Toledo up on a map. I was like, where's Toledo? <laughs> um, and uh, I came here, got the, got the gig, and uh, I thought I'd be here for a few years and then move on, right? Yeah. But um, I love Toledo. I love the area. I planted roots here. I love the university. A um, lot of opportunity here, and I've uh, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, Yay! wonderful. And I'm gonna leave the marching band on yeah, just okay. for a few more seconds <laughs> here. Inspiration. They're almost done. Yeah. Um, when was that? When, how long have you been here now? So that was in 2004. So 17 years. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. Flies by. Now, Loa, I was looking at your uh, biography here. And I love the last couple of sentences in your bio. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, hmm. Is it about altruistic people? Uh, yeah, but also before that, you talk about your free time. How ah, you, you, yeah. Your free time primarily goes to writing in your journal and dancing like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you want to do something to make the world a place where altruistic people do not become extinct. And I think that that is also a, um, you know, something that you've aspired to in creating this chamber competition. That is a very altruistic act. Instead of taking the money and, you know, recording an album or doing something that props you up, um, you've created this chamber competition and shared it with all these people who are helping you and are involved yes. with it as well. So definitely uh, kudos go out to you for uh, this idea and for making it happen. Thank you. Well, let's talk about, in the little bit of time we have left, let's talk about um, the future of this competition and, and what you envision uh, happening over the next few years with this. Is it something that, I mean, it's not just a one-off. It's something you want to continue, right? Yes, of course. Okay. Well, what, um, what are your plans for the future then? Uh, we have funding for about three years from uh, Toledo Symphony Young Musician Award. And uh, we're planning to alternate the competition with a camp. So next year would be a chamber music camp. And then the, next, the following year would be the competition again. Um, and from 2025, uh, we will need funding to continue. So yeah. music-loving funders out there, please consider <laughs> donating to us after you donate to WGTE today. Yes, very good. <laughs> Very good. Very astute of you. And it can be, you know, any day because any time is good to give money to uh, public uh, broadcasting because <laughs> some people listen to this podcast, you know, uh, after the competition even. So uh, if they're interested, uh, your website is at glasscitychambermusic.org.org 
Or you can visit us at wgte.org slash donate, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, Loa, again, congratulations on making this happen, and uh, just it's it's really, really quite an accomplishment and bodes well for the future, not only of the competition itself, but also for you as an entrepreneur and uh, as a cellist. Uh, those of us who know you know that you're a remarkable musician, so that's great. I'm going to put out a little... Yay! <laughs> applause for you, definitely. Thank you. Let's do uh, another little quiz before we turn it back over to the folks here in the studio. And this is a few questions that are about PBS. We had an NPR quiz. Now we do a PBS quiz, okay? Let me bring up some music. No, that's not right. Let me find this one. There. I- Now, he, you know what this is, Loa? Uh, hide and D uh, Concerto, Movement 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you even knew better than I did. I just had Hide and Concerto written down. Yeah. <laughs> this is classic for all of us. Here, okay. Well, you won the quiz already then. <laughs> okay. So five questions. I'm going to go through them, then we'll go back and answer them. For 19 consecutive years, a national study has rated PBS as what? Is it the most trusted institution in America, the most undervalued public resource in America, or the largest provider of educational content in America, A, B, or C? Okay, this PBS personality played basketball in college. Was it Fred Rogers, was it Bob Ross, or was it Julia Child? Number three, as of 2021, over the course of a year, what percentage of all U.S. television households watch PBS via traditional television? Is it 40%, 60%, or 80%? And the next one is, what color was Oscar the Grouch originally conceived as having? Was it magenta, was it green, or was it orange? And finally, what song from a PBS show reached number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100? This was in 1970. And this is, actually, I'm going to save this for the end because there aren't three choices here. I give you clues as you try to guess what it is, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's go back to the beginning. For 19 consecutive years, National Study has rated PBS as the most trusted institution in America. That's A. Did mm. anybody get that? Merwin got it? Mm, no. Did you get it, Loa? Say yes. I did not. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're just too honest. Well, she, she worked for a PBS station. Yeah, that's so right. Very trustworthy. Okay, this PBS personality played basketball in college. It was Julia Child. Yes. Oh, I'm it kicking myself. Six yes. feet, two inches tall, by the way. The mm-hmm. same height as Bob Ross. Fred Rogers came in at six feet, so... They were all six feet or older. I, I mean, or, or <laughs> six feet or, or taller. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. I can't see Bob Ross dunking a basketball. No. I totally that's, could. Can I, you see I, that? I, I, I totally envisioned it. it. I enjoyed it. I put down B on my list. Wow. Yeah, maybe in Canada. Uh, um, did you get that, Loa? Uh, yes, I did. Wow. Yay! That's great. So, as of 2021, over the course of a year, what percentage of all U.S. television households watch PBS via traditional television? The answer is 80%. Wow. Over wow. 206 yeah. million people have tuned in 
to PBS on traditional TVs, not streaming. Okay, what color was Oscar the Grouch originally conceived as? The answer is magenta. Hmm. Yeah, Jim Henson originally drew him as a grumpy-looking magenta monster, but it was in the days of early color television, though, so it didn't really pick up quite the way that he envisioned it, so they made him orange Hmm. instead. Um, and then they, they changed him to green, finally, for the second season. So now you know everything about Oscar the Grouch. Mm. <laughs> Did anybody choose magenta? Merwin <laughs> chose magenta. How about you, Loa? Can I get partial points for orange? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. She, she got the music. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You win, anyway, because you knew what the Haydn concerto was. <laughs> Okay, what song from a PBS show reached number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1970? Anybody have a clue? I think it's a Haydn concerto. (laughs) (laughs) No, not the Haydn concerto. It's sung by a fictional character. Any takers? No. Oh, is this the Rainbow Connection? No, but that's a good guess. This was in 1970. Sung by a fictional character while taking a bath. Oh. Oh, Oh, the Rubber Ducky song. Rubber Ducky song. Yes. Yes. Ernie. Merwin with a close follow by Loa. <laughs> and that one. No, it was, yeah, it was Ernie. Ernie. Yeah. Ernie, Bert and Ernie. We got it at the same time, but there's a time zone gap, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, there's a delay because a delay. <laughs> Loa is calling from New York, so yeah. there's a, a, a delay there. So that was a tie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Loa already won, as we know, because of uh, their identif- her identification of uh, the Haydn concerto, right? Yeah. I'll give you that. I do have a bonus question, though. The first PBS broadcast was what? What show was the very first one to be broadcast on PBS? I'm not going to give you a choice. You you guys should know that. Um, This actually involves somebody whom we've mentioned before already on the quiz. Any takers? Was it um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? No. It was Julia Childs, the French chef. The French chef. Yes, that's hard to say. You'd think I would know how to say those words by now. Professional pronunciation. Yes, indeed. (laughs) And we've done very well because the music is ending. Well, that does it for uh, today's broadcast. We're going to turn it back over to folks in the studio to tell you how you can support public broadcasting and other shows like this as well. You guys are all listeners to public media and watchers of public media, right? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. How about you, Loa? Always <laughs> listening to WGT. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of our program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at toledosymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find the TSO streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks to Merwin Sue, and once again to Jason Stumbo and Lola Cho. I'm Brad Cresswell. This has been Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 81.